Hello, I'm Dwayne Mancini, and welcome to another episode of the Project MedTech Podcast. If you need anything from us or would like to suggest a future guest, you can email us at info at projectmedtech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. And you can always visit our website, www.projectmedtech.com, or follow us on LinkedIn. On March 1st, we will be creating a new channel for MedTech Money, so if you are a fan of the podcast, please search Project MedTech on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to your favorite Project MedTech channel. In this episode, our guest Bradley Beach and I discuss his background in the MedTech space, the timeline of exiting to a MedTech strategic, his new project at Cavellus, and the unique path to market he has taken, his thoughts on who is his core team members, the importance of augmenting your weakness when building your core team, intellectual property strategy, the importance of storytelling as a MedTech entrepreneur, and so much more. So without further ado, my discussion with Bradley Beach. Awesome. Bradley, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I mentioned you're, you're, you're currently the, the founder, president, CEO, right, of, of Cavellus, but, but I'd love to get your background in the uh, med tech space. And, and even before that, what kind of led you to that? What's your, back, what's your, your education and that kind of thing? Yeah. So I'm a mechanical engineer um, and I did not start in... Uh, in medical devices, I started out in aerospace, completely different lane, but, uh, and actually I moved around a lot and got a bunch of different industries, kind of a broad background in developing product solutions and manufacturing, different manufacturing technologies. But fortunately I wound, wound up, uh, in 2005, made my way to a startup medical device company. Okay. And, um, uh, and I, you know, got to, uh, so I got involved in that account and that spun that kind of just built into, you know, where I had my feet kind of in two different, uh, one in a manufacturing company, one in a, a device company, which was developing a, a new peripheral, uh, vascular stent. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So then I, we took, you know, that was flexible stenting solutions and we, uh, eventually took that to an exit and sold that to Cordis in 2013. But, uh, you know, just never look back once I, once I got into medical devices and specifically catheter based medical devices, just something yeah. that uh, resonated. Yeah. It's interesting. I wanted to bring that up to start just because I think a lot of times, uh, some folks in, you know, the younger generation who are currently going through university or college or, or whatever it might be. A lot of times people think, oh, if, if I want to get into device or health tech in general, I have to be a biomedical engineer. And, and it's, it's people like you that I talk to that I've talked to a number of people who were electrical engineers, um, uh, mechanical engineers, uh, a number of different kind of engineer types started in a whole different industry, but then because that skill set they developed wound up in, in, in med tech. Um, so I just, I, I found that interesting that, you know, the first time we talked, because um, I think there's a lot of people also who are, 10 years after college who are engineers who are looking for a switch and, and med tech's appealing, right? Because 
your work saves lives, right? So, so, so the validation of that work is, is important for some people and they think, oh, well, I can't get into it. I didn't start there, but, but you can, right? You can take those skill sets and apply them here. They're, they're easily applicable. Um, did you find that to be the case coming yeah, from your space? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, because developing product solutions, you're, it's all still fact-based solving problems, uh, understanding what needs to happen. So all, all of that's the same. And I think one of the advantages that I had was um, <clears throat> kind of bringing a different viewpoint when it comes to either design uh, design ideas or manufacturing technologies that you could bring into, you know, into this, uh, into this space. Yeah. So, so in terms of, you mentioned you, you exit, exited to a strategic what was that process like? Cause I think that's, it's a lot of startups end goal. Um, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, they, it, they, some want to commercialize some commercialize and then want to exit later on. But, but a lot of it, just the fact of the matter is, is that it ends up exiting to, to a larger company and, and, you know, a strategic specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through that process, you know, what, what was that like? Cause I, I not a lot of people go through that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a grind, right? You don't, cause every, everybody gets into this thinking, oh yeah, we're going to like exit immediately. We've got this awesome technology, but it's yeah. a grind. And, um, but it's a fun grind. You know, you, yeah. y- you're, you're getting your hands into all kinds of different things and you're pushing your boundaries and, you know, I don't know, you just learn a lot. Yeah. And if you're interested in that, then and then, you know, start the startup community is the place to be. Um, but the, you know, it's, it's just a grind because these larger companies, they don't move very fast. They, you know, they, I think generally speaking, their position is to do nothing. You know, they like, they like to just like look at it and like kick things down the road and not really have to make a decision until sometimes they have to make a decision because of market forces. So, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so so you mentioned the, the time piece of this, and I think this is a frustration a lot of startups going through, you know, uh, selling their company go through is as a startup, you are so used to being so nimble. How, how big was your first company that you were with? How many people were there? I, I mean, we started out, it was basically just me. And then okay. uh, the CEO was like two yep. of us. But yeah. it, oh, we got to about mm, 15 at our peak. You know, right. and um, I and honestly, you know, there's like a lot of lessons learned. That's the other thing. It's like you do mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's just there's a ton of lessons. And like I would have done so many things differently. And yeah. Now I'm kind of trying to do things differently, but I'm right. learning also. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, but yeah, the, you know, the timing perspective is just frustrating because as a startup, even with 15 people, I'm sure decision making. And, and getting things done happens so fast. But then when you work with a strategic, there's so many layers of, of approval and various things. And, and yeah, they're, they're in control, right? They, they have the power. Um, yeah. and, and so you're just kind of waiting on them to, to finish things. So no, I, I appreciate that perspective. Um, I, I, I want to save, save the lessons learned. I'll make a note of this. I'm going to come That's back fine. to it um, because I think they're going to dip into some of the things we plan to talk about. But first I want to know, so you exit that company, 
and now you founded Cavellus. What are you working on at Cavellus? So it's a little different than a uh, than a traditional medical device startup company. So it's instead of focusing on a specific uh, a specific therapy or you know new technique or you know tech you know, like treatment methodology. Um, I actually like, I'm thinking a little bit bigger. It's kind of a bigger idea. It's actually kind of, it's a renewed way to, or a different way to conceptualize the, the construction and use of minimally invasive catheter systems and mostly vascular because that's a lot of my background. So that's it's, uh, so it can be applied the, to a lot of different areas. Um, and, and that's, this is what the good and bad part is. I think it's, it's, it is very valuable but it's also super broad. So it's harder to, to try to focus and, and create a, uh, a story so that, you know, people will understand what the value is. Mm-hmm. So how, how long ago did you find the company? So that was 2015. So it was a couple of years after that exit. And, uh, you know, just to, the, the idea is that it's a two module system for a, a, an minimally invasive or, you know, endovascular catheter system well but the modularity happens at the distal end where the physician is going to combine you know these two you know modules or features together to create something that functions like a traditional catheter like they're used to using but you have all these the benefits of modularity which is not something that is i think um well understood in at least in this the catheter-based medical device industry Okay. Okay. So you've been around since 2015 mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, you know, the first time we talked, you're not actually taking this product to market through the traditional sense of a 510k de novo PMA, right? So you are actually taking this to other companies and having this be an accessory. Yeah. So I think it's, so I, I see it more as a, as a technology play versus an actual, like, you know, a specific device got play. it yeah. um so the so while you do need to you know i've done a, a fair amount of regulatory work it's really more preparatory work to understand how this this different idea of constructing and using these types of catheters is going to be viewed by regulatory bodies like the fda and then you know you're bringing the technology along but not but the the but not to the point where you're actually going to you know, get a clearance try to commercialize or anything like that i think there's I think there's a, uh, I'm going to create value in a little bit of a different way uh, through this, this new uh, modular catheter system idea. Okay. Okay. And, and so I'm curious, um, my, my first question in relation to this is, you know, how do you decide to pivot that way? Um, and then my second question is, is how is that received by um, I guess specifically investors, to be honest, I, like, like that's, that, that's a big question that I'm thinking of because I think of how hard it is for traditional med tech companies to raise money and to explain to an investor, well, I'm not going to be revenue generating for <laughs> quite a while, right? right. Um, because I still have to get clearance or approval. Um, and, and, and for you, there's like this whole nother layer of, well, you kind of took away those barriers, but it's just confusing in general for an investor. So, so how, how has it been received when you've been talking with investors about this? Well, it is, it is mm. definitely not what they're used to hearing. 
right when it mm-hmm. comes to this space and um and it's made it difficult uh, yeah. because and beyond the fact that it's just they have to think it's a it's a different kind of idea a different way to, to think and it's also yeah i'm not it's not a specific therapy so you know it's it's hard yeah. and uh but i was fortunate enough to do to have like kind of a small network of you know uh of people that believe in the technology and, and me specifically. Um, and then, you know, for a startup company, you got to, you keep your overhead very low and, uh, and, and make as much progress, but it's, you're right. Like it's, uh, where the exit is, it's, you know, there, you might've think differently about it. Maybe it's, uh, partly licensing, maybe partly, you know, um, you know, investment in like a a different company. It's like, you have to also like keep your mind, open to like what the actual exit is. Got it. Right, right, right. So this isn't the case of um, a med tech company says, I'm either going to sell to a strategic or, you know, commercialize this and sell it and, and pay my investors back this way and actually capital market share. Yours is probably a little bit of both. Could be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, you know, and then I, because it's a, it's a, it's a bigger idea. There's, I think, opportunity to kind of quarantine off you know different fields of use so you could either have like you have like a a licensing to like somebody specifically for that field of use or maybe you have a you you develop a relationship where maybe it's not a full-out acquisition but maybe more of an investment with a strategic to develop it. It further, and then there's something else on the tail end okay very good um so that's very very helpful um now i want to get into you mentioned lessons learned along the way from the first time that you've implemented in the second time. Right. And, and, and when we talked, there were, there were three, uh, well, we talked about team. So let's, let's, let's start there. Cause I'd love to learn about the other lessons learned you learned along the sure. way as well. Yeah. But, but from a team perspective, you know, that was something that in our pre-call you'd brought up right away. And I was like, well, great. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, for you, what were, what was that core team? And, and you had, you had three individuals. So you kind of want to walk through those. Yeah. So I, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously the team you're trying to augment, um, augment, uh, you know, skills and things that you don't have, right. Or don't have mm-hmm. it now. So one is, um, one is, you know, for this, for technology, you want a really good, um, patent attorney on a partner who, who believes in the technology, they want to be yep. able to take the time to understand what it is and how the value it brings. And then, you know, cause they have to help you craft that in, in patent form. And then they're going to be the ones that help you prosecute it to go get, you know, uh, uh right. Protection. Well, and, uh, and so, so to, to, to IP and patents, I, I think it's, it's really important. And, and I didn't realize really realize this either, but it's like anything, right? Like when I, before I really learned about regulatory, I was just like, oh yeah, you hire a regulatory consultant, they take you to the FDA. But then you realize there's a ton of regulatory strategy and, mm-hmm. and it, it's super important to feed your commercial decisions as your business health. I, I, I recently learned that IP is the same way. Right. There's different kinds of IP strategies. So you, you found that very beneficial for you. Right. I'm, I'm guessing you've you've worked with uh, uh, the same IP attorney um, on this, someone that you trusted in terms of not just filing the patent for you, but saying, hey, you do this. This is what this gets you. You do it this way. This is what it gets you. Right. So did that that played a very integral part in your early commercial decisions as well, probably. Yeah. And I think it's it's important 
Like that's a, that's a key relationship. Um, because for, for me and probably a lot of med- medical device startup companies that your intellectual property is, that's what you're selling in large yeah. part. Right. So, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta believe, you gotta understand the way they approach, um, patents and they approach, you know, drafting, you know, actual, the, the patent languages and the claims, and they have to believe in the technology too. You know, they have to believe mm. that this is, uh, this is going to be valuable. So, I don't know. I, I was fortunate to, yeah, to find somebody early on that, uh, that I connected with and, and they, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of success. This is where yeah. we got our, we're going to get our fourth register pat here, you know, hopefully, uh, beginning of next year. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, so, so IP, um, what was the second one? Oh, so then, um, you know, I, there's several, I mean, obviously, you know, physician advisors, and, and okay. all of the, you know, and again, like this is, this is a grind too. It's just lots of conversations, finding the right people. And if they're not the right person, like one of the, some advice I got early on was you just walk away. Like it's, you, there's like, this doesn't feel like it's a good fit. It's probably not walk away. So physicians, but then this is like in a non-traditional way, I thought I needed help creating a narrative and kind of with my branding and things that like they, this is the type of thing that I lack. So I hired a, a media and, and PR company to help me with that. And that that's been really fantastic. Okay. And because partly they, uh, they make you look at it differently, right? I'm looking at it mostly from this technical aspect. They're looking at it from, I've got to sell this, this idea to a broader audience. Interesting. So, so, um, you know, on the podcast, uh, we talk about so often regulatory reimbursement, clinical investor relations, uh, physician advisors, or the end user patients, you know, the storytelling piece is not something that um, comes up very often. I think it does, but, but not in such a direct sense that, you know, it comes up sometimes in terms of, Hey, your pitch, you know, how you mm-hmm. pitch to, to start to, to, to investors and how you raise capital, but, but just storytelling in general, very important. Um, you know, whether you're selling a consultant, you're going to work with, whether you're going to sell a new team member, investors, a customer, um, you know, I didn't really think of how important branding was at the very, very beginning. Um, so it's, it's very interested that, that, you know, you brought that up. Is that someone you brought in later on? Was that a lesson learned from the first company or is that something you kind of thought about once you started Cavellus? Well, I, I brought them on like later on, I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. bring them on initially, you know, you're focused. There's a lot of that. You're like, you know, as a small, you have to, you got to focus on the technology Yep. And, but like, once the technology was far enough along, <clears throat> it becomes evident. I got to figure out, I, you know, I, I, you can, uh, you, you got to figure out how do you make this so that people really understand the value and how this can be game changing. So mm-hmm. that I, I knew I needed uh, a lot of help there, whether it was branding, new website design, just, you know, how to create that narrative, the language you use when you're talking to people, just the word choices, all of that, I think is really important when it comes to, you know, that storytelling. And you're right. And it does apply to everybody. It's not just, okay, yes, I got to tell a story to, so these strategics understand it, but I want the doctors to understand it. And I want 
just, you know, other people that I have invested that are investing in, in me and the company to understand it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very important. And I think, you know, a lot of times founders, um, uh, you know, first time entrepreneurs, this is things that you don't necessarily think about. Um, like you said, it's, it's about the technology. A lot of times the founders are, are scientists, engineers, uh, physicians, other practitioners in the, in the healthcare space. And, um, this might be their first go around and, and they don't realize how important that is. So, so there is an episode I did, um, probably like one of my first 20 episodes, his name is Gunter Wessels and he's with a company called liquid smarts. And I think he has a PhD in psychology or something like this. And, um, he was the first person I talked to who, who really broke down the science which is important for me as a scientist, right? Like I need, I need mm -hmm. that validation of why I need to focus on this. And he gave me that and, and really talked through, you know, if you, if you, I think the one example he gave was how important a subject is in an email. And, and, and if you notice any email I send, it follows a model that, that he kind of had outlined, right? And I do with all my emails. If I'm the first person to send the email, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's oftentimes company name, my name, and then the subject, like, and, and it's very hyphenated and, and, yeah. and, but you know who it's coming from when you see it. So anyways, it, it's, it was really interesting, but, but, but just about storytelling and, and, and your influence and how you can influence people and how important those first interactions are. So, um, I'm glad you brought this up because, um, like I said, I just think at time is often overlooked. And it's a, it's a problem. There's a lot of good technologies that fail because the story sucks. Yeah, it does. And people don't put, they don't have a budget for that or like, like startup companies never even think about it and there is no budget for it. And it's, but there's, it is highly important because right. you got to sell it to somebody at some yep. point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. There was yeah. a guy on a couple episodes ago on, on the MedTech money series. And um, he's just like, you know, your entire life, you are always selling. It doesn't matter whether you're in your personal life, your professional life, where it is, uh, you're always selling. So, so very interesting. Um, I want to say you brought up investment banker as well. Uh, I did. I, yeah. They were, yeah. they, they're also, they're also part of the team. Um, that mm. was, you know, and again, this is, it's, it's a grind. You, you got to go talk to as many people as you can in those circles. And then you find the right partner that, that, you know, that you think can, can get you to your, uh, to your goal, to your milestone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I, I did that. Yeah. That was okay. Yeah. Okay. Were th was there anyone else on that team that, that, that you wanted to highlight? <clears throat> no, I mean, I think that's it. Like, you know, okay. those are, those are the main ones and, yep. uh, of like, you know, really good advisors from, uh, in the physician community The my banking partners have been, really critical and yep. uh the media company i engage with and then you know the ip is just, yeah you know, all those like i've really got i feel like i got really lucky i think that's part of it too it's like yeah you, and uh, plus the grind you gotta like you gotta go find those people right right like yeah yeah it's 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 that was also crazy for me coming into it was how important team was right not just from the success of a company um but even getting investment dollars. I mean, every investor I've ever had on the podcast, the number one thing is, is team. 
right? I've had one person say that the technology was more important because they could just replace the team if they had to. <laughs> and, and, and I've only had one person say that. And they made a point to say, if they're looking for very early stage companies, sometimes if they see a, an amazing technology, they'll, they'll kind of, you know, whatever about the team because they can always replace that. But, but most people who are investing, at least I would say series A and, and beyond are focused on team first and, and, and then technology if they had to rank it. Um, so I, I think you're hitting on a good point is, uh, you know, sometimes it's lonely for founders and CEOs, but if they built a good team around them, it makes everything a, a lot easier, right? Because, because as a CEO and especially a founder, when you're starting with just you and then yeah. you're building out this company, sometimes it's hard to let go. And, and, and trust someone else. So, so you've got to really build a solid team there. So now I appreciate your, your insight there. What other lessons have you learned from, from the first experience, this experience? Is there, is there other things besides just the team that you wanted to highlight? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, um, I mean, one of the reasons I pivoted was a lesson learned um, okay. because when we did go down the path of, getting a clearance for this this stent uh, uh peripheral stent mm-hmm. and we started some initial commercialization we hired some internal like salespeople, and at the end of the day there's this one of the things like i don't know if we actually added a lot of value by doing that like that was you know when it was bought by cordis you know they they immediately changed a bunch of things. They changed the packaging. They, um, they fired all our salespeople. We didn't, we had very little penetration anyway. It was just that it felt like you had to, that was the only option was to go and do that, even though it's going to cost a lot of money and maybe you don't actually add a lot of value at the end of the day. So that, you know, that might've been also why, the pivot for me was like not focusing on a, a, a therapy that required a commercialization to go and validate it. I'm focusing on more kind of this, uh, you know, kind of like this bigger idea of, I'm not saying it's like, cause you could, you can make, if it's, if it's a catheter device that uh, exists now as a conventional design, you could take the same thing and you make it a modular system and you get all the benefits of modularity. So I'm not even saying I'm going to go and, uh, and it was just that I felt like that commercialization that uh, just didn't add a lot of value. I think, but a lot of people fall into that. They have to do it. You know, if you've mm-hmm. got a new therapy, that's the only way you can really get any kind of acceptance. So right. kind of pivoting from just a therapy to a technology, I think was helpful. Okay. Interesting. Um, anything else in that uh, regard as well? Yeah. I mean, uh, just be patient and just like perseverance, man. That's like, right. That's one of the things you just can't like, it's just perseverance, you know? Yeah. That's it's it. not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so let me ask you this, if, if like, you know, let's say Cavellus, you, you successfully build the company, you exit, would you go do it again? As, assuming you found a therapeutic oh. area. Yeah. Yeah, I would go do it again. I mean, okay. it's uh, yeah, for sure. And okay. uh, I, you know, and I have uh, I have my fingers in a few other things also. Yeah. So <laughs> that uh, um, 
as like as a lot of like founder and startup people do right right so yeah i there's a i already have kind of some thoughts there but yeah i think okay. there's, there's definitely awesome some kind of role. yeah great great um, Bradley, I think, I think that is, that is pretty much wraps up a lot of my questions. Um, and, and a lot of what I wanted to talk to you about. So I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, hang on the line for, for, for a minute here in terms of, of people, we'll, we'll chat offline, but in terms of people getting a hold of you, um, you're on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, I'm link- so- on LinkedIn. Yep. yep. Um, if you, uh, you go look up Bradley beach, Yep. Cobellus, C-O-B-E-L-L-U-S. Awesome. There's some information there. I have a website, cobellus.com. Perfect. You know, yep. It's a, a very good website, I must say. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll include the link to your website in the show notes, right? So, okay. so if, awesome. people, if people are listening on their phone, they can click on it on, on the webpage. They can click on it. The, your LinkedIn URL will be in there as well. Um, so, you know, people could reach out that way too. Um, yeah. But uh, awesome. So, so hang on for a minute. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thanks again. No worries. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. If you need anything from the podcast, you can always contact us at info at Thanks for listening and have a great day.